What's up everybody? It's Dan from Binder Boneyard coming at you from the office desk. Beautiful morning here. Um, you, if you listened to the last one, you know that this is part two of the series. Uh, if you are just jumping in, um, go back and listen to the one previous to this because it helps set up this podcast. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Appreciate you um, following along and uh, all the love and support that everyone gives. Uh, you know, it just really, um, it really goes a long ways. Um, you know, it just just helps knowing that, uh, you know, you are being helped by these, the tech, the tech and the stuff that we covered. Some people just like the stories. Um you know, living a little bit vicarious through, through us here, and that's fine. Um, so yeah, so no, I appreciate everybody for, for <clears throat> being here and following along and and listening in. I know uh, I don't have exactly the the most uh, radio perfect voice, and um, I say a lot of ums and ahs and ers and ers and ands and buts, but uh, yeah, uh, that's just because I don't know what I'm doing. So thank you for following along and uh and it, it does it does mean a lot to me when people say, you know, hey I follow or I listen and, and whatever. So thank you for all that. So we're gonna jump right back into uh part two of the Montana uh extravaganza. So um so Steve Struck, we had just finished. Uh, we loaded the scout on onto the fifth wheel, and uh, I was I was loaded and ready to go. You know, the black truck is always ready; like uh, it needs very little anymore. That's uh, why we built it. That's why I I love that truck. So I did have to change the oil. Um, we were at like five thousand miles since the last change. So. Um, you know, did a $180 oil change on it because it takes four gallons of oil and two filters and all that stuff. So, um, just did an oil change real quick, uh, greased all the U-joints, double checked, uh, some nuts and bolts, topped off the transmission fluid because it does have a slight leak at the, uh, rear output, uh, to transfer case connection. And, um, that was really it. Uh, cleaned out some garbage, <laughs> threw a blanket on the back seat and uh, and called it called it good. So um, we were all loaded up. Steve he had put a toolbox on the bed of his truck uh, and it was full of you know f- gas cans and spares and stuff. So um, we headed out early in the morning on Thursday. I wanted yeah it was Thursday. We left. I don't know the date, but. Uh, he met us at the house. We loaded up Cody with all the camera gear and everything, and uh, and we headed out. And within 105 miles, <laughs> Steve runs out of gas. And we had no idea how much capacity his fuel tank was. His gauge wasn't working, even though he had gone through 
everything and it had a new sending unit and a bunch of stuff that for whatever reason, the fuel gauge didn't work. So the uh, initial miles were exploratory and sure enough, he ran out because uh, it's like 25 miles from where he lives to my house. And then it was 160 something to Burns. And so I mean, he ran out halfway to Burns. So, um, which we didn't have radios or anything like that. So if there was ever a problem, we just had to rely on looking in the mirror and seeing what was up. So, um, you know, I didn't see him back there. So I stopped and then sure enough, he texted and, um, when we had service and said that he'd run out of gas and was filling, dumping a can in and then would catch up. So, um, made it into Burns. I filled up cause my truck is in a weird spot. Like it has a 22 gallon tank, which is kind of small. And when I'm towing, uh, you know, the fifth wheel with the scout on it, I think I was getting 12 or 13 miles to the gallon. The problem with some of the fuel stops out here is that they are just a little bit too far apart. I end up pushing right up against the edge between stops. If I if I was to just go from my house to Burns towing, I would roll into Burns with about a gallon. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Let me back up. From my house to Ontario, which is the next stop. So we go from Redmond, Oregon to Burns, Oregon to Ontario, Oregon to Caldwell, Idaho. That was our, our route. I can make it from Redmond, Oregon to Ontario, Oregon, but I am on fumes. And if you run a diesel, you know that there aren't any fumes. So, <laughs> um, so, but I have to stop and burns and fill up, which is like a total waste because I end up putting in, you know, 10 gallons. So like I have to fill up at, at half a tank when I get to burns just to make sure that I roll into Ontario, uh, you know, safely. But Steve, on the other hand, he was getting like eight miles to the gallon and he has a 16 gallon tank. So that was requiring a stop every fuel t Every time we came to a town with gas, we'd stop so that he could top off or fill up his can if he, whatever, ran out. So there was a lot of time spent at fuel stations. Um, so... Like I said, we went from Redmond to Burns to Ontario. Road construction, uh, Ontario, between Ontario and, and Burns. Um, so a lot of sitting around. And then we get into Caldwell, Idaho to unload the traveler that we had done for Rob. And uh, Rob treated us to a, a nice taco lunch. And uh, trucks were doing great. Steve has to run um, 3,000 RPM to do 70 miles an hour. And out here, Idaho especially, the speed limit is 80. So even at 70, he's a road hazard. And so we were trying to get off of uh, I-84 as quick as possible. Um, so we ran down from Caldwell to just the other side of Boise and then headed up towards uh, 
Idaho Falls. And so that was a smaller, smaller highways um, to get out of the way. But uh, yeah, so running that kind of RPM, Steve's 345 started pushing oil out the breather. Um, I think there's just some blow by in there. I mean, like I talked about before in the, in the podcast about his truck, um, totally untested, ran good, didn't make any noise, um, seemed to be okay, decent compression, but it just had some blow by. And so when you start getting a lot of blow by, you start pushing it out the, um, about out the breathers and stuff like that. So he, um, started getting some oil on the exhaust manifolds cause it was coming out of the fill cap. Um, so other than that, his truck was doing phenomenally. Um, couldn't have asked for better. He had no problems keeping up with us on the road. Uh, I mean, granted I was 6,000 pounds heavier. So <laughs> I'll back up. Black truck weighs 8,000 pounds on its own. <clears throat> the trailer I was pulling about 4,500, the scout that was on there around 5,000. So if I click it up on the old calculator here, 8,000 plus uh, 4,500 plus 5,000. So I was rolling down the road at 17,5 and I was doing all right. Steve's truck he weighs in at 5,400 and then the trailer he was hauling was 4,000 so there's 9,400 just empty going down the road so him getting 8 to 10 was pretty good in my opinion I was getting 11 to 14 depending on what we were doing um, so you know I'm pretty impressed with the fact that you know, he's that old 345 is moving 9,400 pounds down the highway. Um, you know, keeping up with us, keeping up with traffic, <clears throat> climbing the hills, like everything. Like he passed us a couple of times on some of the long grades where I was, you know, I had shifted down into third gear and I was doing 42 miles an hour. He passed us a few times. Um, I mean, I'd pass him back on the straights because I have the the Allison overdrive, but, uh, you know, um, this truck had no problems, uh, running, running that route. So we stayed at Idaho falls, um, nice hotel there. Pretty reasonable shout out quality in, um, did a little maintenance on the trucks, just checking fluids and oils and that kind of stuff. Um, Steve, Steve had to adjust his clutch a little bit. I think it was starting to run. It was starting to ride on the throwout bearing ever so slightly. So he had to make a clutch adjustment, um, put some oil in. Uh, other than that, it was it was good to go. Um, oh, I ended up having a trailer blowout. So right after we left Caldwell, um, we hit the highway, and I could feel the trailer vibrating. And I said to Cody, I'm like, when they start shaking like that, that means I got a bubble starting to separate. Cords are going to separate and we're going to have a blowout. You know, we're just going to run on it until it blows. And not 10 miles after I said that, she exploded. And uh, 
So we did a highway roadside um, tire change and, you know, between me and Steve and having the tools we had, I think we did the tire change in less than five minutes. And, uh, which is always nerve wracking on the side of a super busy highway and everyone's doing 80 plus and, you know, it just, yeah. So, um, we did have one blowout. Then Idaho falls in the morning. I needed to get a spare to replace the spare we had, um, changed out. So I had to get a tire and check the trailer. Everything was fine. Now we're rolling empty. So we're making real good time. Now get up to the Montana location, uh, Hilger, Hygill, Hill, Helger. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's in the middle of friggin' nowhere. Um, but beautiful drive. Like always, Montana is just spectacular. Uh, you know, and then every time I look in the mirror and I see this bright orange, red, you know, 1210 powering along behind me, like it was really, it was really a, um, like pinch me moment. Like just thinking that we were getting to do this, like two international trucks, one of them painfully stock working his tail off driving across the country, like doing what they were intended to do. Like when people say, Oh, I can't drive my scout that far. I wouldn't make it back. Like we just drove a truck. I'm sorry, Steve. I don't want to take Steve's thunder. I'm just like the fact that he put that truck together, just doing basic repairs, neglected maintenance, you know, just doing all the stuff that it needed to have done over it for the last 50 years drives it to goddamn Montana towing a trailer and then, you know, getting it loaded up the way it was like, it just, it, it was like, it almost felt like a dream sometimes. Like you just can't believe that it's happening. Like that it's working, you know, you, it, it sounds crazy on paper and then to actually do it is like even more just, I, I can't even, can't even put it into words the the kind of feelings that you have when when you see your friend's hard work pay off and you get to be part of an experience like that and then again that's why Cody was there to document it um, just because it, it's a once in a lifetime thing we're probably never going to get to do that again or anything like that again so uh, to be able to have it have it proofed out like that it really meant a lot to me. Uh, and I'm not sure Steve, Steve's not an emotional guy. Uh, so <laughs> it's hard to read him, but, uh, I know he was happy with how things were going and, uh, and he was happy to, to have made it to Montana. So, uh, we went out to the site and checked out the, the inventory. The old guy had used a tractor with some forks on it to move all the cabs in, into accessible location. It was easy to work on, because they all still had front fenders on them and, and valances and everything and the doors and all that. So to make them fit on our trailers, we had to take the valances and fenders and inner fenders off. So we had brought a lot of tools, hand tools, um, you know, 
just everything that we thought we needed, all the Milwaukee power tools, all that stuff. Just, uh, we brought in and, um, just to, just to make it go faster. And, and so we kind of know how to tear these things apart. So we jumped in and started blowing the fenders off and getting, getting these cabs stripped down and ready for, for transport. So, um, so I'm sorry. So, so when we got there on Friday, uh, it was late afternoon. We went out, we looked at the, looked at what we had to do, formulated a plan, figured out how to get out into this pasture where everything was, looked at some other junk and, and made a plan and went back and we stayed in this cool hotel, um, in, um, Lewistown. That's where it's called Lewistown. And, uh, so we stayed in, in Lewistown, had a nice dinner, kind of set ourselves up, uh, for the next day, made sure we got plenty of rest. And then, uh, so then Saturday morning we headed out and, uh, we had breakfast at the hotel and then headed out to, um, the site there in Hilger. Uh, again, we drove past a bunch of other cool junk and, and just the, the Montana stuff, it just hits different. The, like the lighting is different. The rust, they don't have rust. They just have this dark brown patina that everything gets on it. And it just, it's solid. It's real, it's a real neat place. And so we get out there and of course jump right in. We had a plan. So we just started attacking what we could. The old guy that owns the stuff, he was out there helping take stuff apart. And, and so as we tore him down, like the fenders and inner fenders and stuff would all go into the cab of the truck. And then we would just close the doors and it would all be self-contained. So um, there were 10 cabs to do this too in various states. Some of them were really complete and some of them had been stripped down a little bit already. So we just got after it. And by about 1.30, 2 o'clock, we had them all stripped down. So um, the guy with the tractor, uh, the neighbor with the tractor started loading and we figured out pretty fast that his trailer or his tractor was a little too light duty. Um, it could lift them, but it would also lift the back tires off the ground. So we had to strategically load. Uh, I was ended, I ended up hanging off the back of the tractor for counterweight sometimes because um, it definitely the the bucket the the uh, lifting apparatus was way stronger than what the tractor was um, set up for at that time so we um, had to do some sketchy stuff uh, one cab went on the bed of Steve's truck because he used a flatbed and then we got four cabs on the flatbed trailer you know um, and it was right to the end. If you've seen the pictures, you can see that there was not an, an inch of room left on the trailer once we got those cabs on there. So uh, Steve started strapping his down, and then we went to loading my trailer. So that was a little bit hairy because we had to put the scout tub up on the gooseneck. So this tractor was already struggling lifting. And then we have to go at max height to get it up on the, I keep calling it gooseneck, but you know what I mean? It's the, 
it's the top part of the trailer above the fifth wheel. It's the highest part of the trailer. So luckily, somehow, we get it up there without tipping the tractor over. And, uh, and we can maneuver it on my little rack that I have up there, start tied it down. And then my deck was 20 feet also. So I was able to get four cabs on the deck of my trailer. So if you do the math, five on Steve's and four on mine, that means we had to leave one. So we had to leave a cab behind. But I made a deal with somebody in town there to buy their scout. So when I go back, I'm going to get their scout and this cab. So it's not a complete loss. Uh, it, is, it sucks. I do have to go back one more time. But uh, I'll just go back by myself and, you know, make it a, there and make it a back. And so a two-day trip. But anyway... We were able to get loaded. We used every single strap we had and then some, uh, you know, just tying everything down, locking it in the best we could, making sure nothing was going to blow out going down the road. So by now it's getting, it's starting to get dark. The sun's going down. We got some amazing pictures. Uh, the lighting again was friggin' phenomenal. Uh, so we stayed in the hotel one more night and then headed out bright and early Sunday morning. And we didn't know what we were in for. <clears throat> I knew what I was in for because uh, I'm familiar with my truck. But Steve's truck now has another, like, um, I don't know, probably 5,000 pounds on it, maybe four, I think it was 4,000. He scaled, I forget what he told me he scaled at. It was like 13.8 or something like that. So, you know, if we do the math again, if he's at um, 9,400, uh, or no, let me do that. So 13.8 minus 9,400. So he had 4,400 pounds in sheet metal on there. Um, so we figure I was a little bit more than that with that scout tub uh, and stuff. But anyway, so now he's he's got another 4,400 pounds of weight on and the wind drag of these cabs. <clears throat> so we left out of uh, Lewistown heading towards Idaho. Um, the GPS said it was about 13 and a half hours going that way. So I knew it was going to take us about 16. And um, so we left early uh, Sunday morning, hit the road. And like I thought, um, just from my experience driving the gas powered pickups, that he, you know, had a hard time going anything over about 65. Uh, just, you know, full throttle, just you can only develop so much horsepower and then it was windy, uh, which didn't help either. Uh, and so, so Steve was a little bit slower coming back again, though, he pulled all the grades, pulled all the Hills, didn't overheat. He got warm once. Um, but not like it, it went from quarter of the gauge to middle of the gauge not even like hot. It just, 
it warmed up a little bit, which again is a testament to pulling your freeze plugs, cleaning all the gunk out of your block, having a good cooling system. Like that just goes so far in, in having a good operating reliable pickup that you're going to work with. So anyway, coming back, uh, I did not have any trailer problems, uh, no tire issues. Steve of course did not have any tire issues. Um, yeah, it just the, the both the trucks towed great. Putting the hitch on his, we did. You know, it's it was secured very well, uh, being a traditional class four hitch, so no problems there. Uh, he ran out of gas a couple more times because now we figured on one of the runs he was getting around six miles to the gallon, uh, which was a lot of climbing. Uh, it was a hilly section and and high speed hilly. So of course that just uses everything. And then not being able to pull him in fourth gear, he was in third gear at on the rev limiter. So, you know, it, uh, it uses a lot of fuel when you're doing that. So getting six, you know, so he ran out of gas a few more times, uh, between the fuel stops. Um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise coming home loaded again, like just a, a spectacle you know seeing all this old iron rolling down the road two old trucks pulling it like we were getting all kinds of thumbs up and and people were really um really thought it was something going down the roads big truckers you know giving us thumbs up and stuff like that which you know always makes you feel good about uh, what you're doing <clears throat> so again steve's truck did great uh, my truck was fine um so we just uh, kept motoring. Uh, the worst wind was coming down the gorge. Uh, I-84 runs down between Oregon and Washington along the Columbia River. And there is terrible winds through there. And it's almost always an awful headwind. So there was one point where we were doing like 45. Even me, like I was maybe doing 50. But like <clears throat> the wind was so bad and the having the scout above my cab like i had double wind block and uh yeah it just was it, it was tough but we filled up one more time in biggs junction and uh, then we headed headed south uh through you know shanico and all those little towns and back into madras where steve lives and and uh, i think he made it home at like 10 o'clock so i think it ended up being yeah like i said like 15 and a half hours to steve's house and then i had another half hour to my house um so it uh you know it was a good trip to make it from montana back to oregon towing in the wind with a truck from 1971, like you couldn't ask for a better outcome and, and to be more proud. Like I'm, I'm still, I'm like a proud Papa when I tell people what we did and how proud I am of Steve and his truck and, and how it put it together and all that. Like, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm really, really proud of, of him and how it worked out. So, um, you know, that's like, it, you couldn't have asked for a better run. You just, you couldn't have like, it just was perfect. And, and I'm, I'm 
happy that we had Cody there to document it and it's going to make one hell of a YouTube video and I hope that everyone gets to watch it uh, when it comes out. So anyway, well, uh, that's going to wrap up the Montana section of the trip and um, we're going to jump into my trip to Indiana in the next episode. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. I appreciate you. Love you very much. Uh, until next time, I'm Dan for Binder Boneyard.